This is The Michael Wall Show. Michael is a speaker, author, and founder and CEO of several companies. His passion is to help families live on purpose and live with purpose. And now, here's Michael Wall. Well, you've joined the right spot back in The Michael Wall Show this week. We're going to have a great show today. And uh, as you're listening to this, whatever day this is for you, you know, we got a, I got a buddy that has been in the space of protecting folks all around the world for years and years and years, Ross Thompson. And I twisted his arm a little bit, and I asked him to come in and join us. He's been a great guy. He's been involved with Classified Worldwide. He's been involved in a variety of other things. And, you know, when you look at our world today, we live in a world that is uncertain and, quite honestly, can be very unsafe sometimes. A lot of fear about traveling and, you know, all the things that have happened terrorist attacks in other places and other countries and even in America. And we say, how can we be in a place where we can travel safely, uh, live in a more safe manner and be a little bit more prepared? God forbid something catastrophic occur. So I wanted to bring Ross on and have that conversation. He's had a lot of inside knowledge and intelligence, not only working with directors of the FBI, but also a variety of other folks. And he has traveled in a lot of places the wor- all over the world helping you know, elite families protect themselves. This is something that is very common to very wealthy families in the world is the idea of protection, you know, executive protection, that kind of thing for their families and children as they travel the world and, and even government officials and companies and things. So wanted to bring him on. But before we do, as always, I'd like to give a little shout out to the sponsors of the show, which is uh, Wall Companies, Wall Wealth Management, Wall Private Wealth, and Wall Lehman. Those companies all designed to help families protect, grow, and reduce taxes on their wealth. So you got question about your money, you got question about how you can help improve your structure or reduce your risk or save taxes, go to leanonthewall.com and reach out to our team there and we'll be sure and connect with you. But let's dial in to the show and bring Ross on as he's been, uh, again, had a lot of experience, great guest going to be, and sharing insight that I know you're going to want to listen to, make notes of, and pay attention to so that way you can travel safer as you enjoy your life. So, Ross, thanks so much for being on the show. No, Mike, listen, thanks for having me. I appreciate uh, appreciate being on the show. So, Ross, tell us a little bit and tell the listeners a little bit, what caused you to decide to want to jump into this field? What were kind of some of the underpinnings that said, you know, I need to jump into this space? First of all, Classified Worldwide is a, is a security and intelligence firm. Um, we operate globally. If we backtrack a little bit um, on, on why I, I came into this field, um, I was 14 years old uh, during 9-11. I saw the plane. Um, I experienced it all. My, my father took me down to... Uh, Ground Zero the day after, really got a sense of what what terrorism looks like, what really bad actors look like, Um, the sights, the sounds, the smells, never forgot it. Fast forward, um, I uh, attended George Washington University, I went to the Elliott School of International Affairs there, where I uh, focused on national security studies and, and, and intelligence studies. I ended up in Africa. Southern Africa, kind of doing uh, troubleshooting for both public and private organizations looking to uh, strengthen their foothold in some of these emerging hostile environments. So did that for a while and then uh, kind of focused more on on the corporate risk side of things. Um, Worked with a lot of corporations as they were expanding some operations in the Middle East. Uh, Worked with uh, a number of groups doing things in Cyprus and Egypt and exporting things out of Iran and Afghanistan and, and, and that type of thing. And then uh, found my way uh, to another group in New York, a bunch of great uh, former DEA special agents, focused a lot on Latin America, the Caribbean, 
worked with a lot of great firms, a lot of great companies. Um, so I've been doing this for more than 10 years. Mm. You know, one of the things that we've, we've realized um, as I kind of went through uh, this industry and grew and, and built my connections and relationships was that there was a, a great deal of kind of geographies out there that um, some of these larger corporate security firms, you know, the household names that everybody kind of knows, had trouble operating in, had trouble mm. finding good resources and good capabilities. And for most part, that was uh, Latin America. That was North Africa. That was parts of East Africa. Kind of, I had the, uh, the A team, if you will, yeah. um, for, for Latin America. Um, we started with mm. Latin America and we started, uh, you know, filling in some of the gaps and uh, so started the protection there really in, in a lot of ways yeah. and just growing. Yeah. Protection, um, intelligence. Um, okay. so, so executive protection, um, intelligence gathering, due diligence, mm -hmm. um, security audits, kidnap and ransom, mm -hmm. um, counter threat operations. And, uh, obviously Latin America is, is a prime, uh, proving ground for all those, those types of threats and risks. So we, uh, started there and, and eventually expanded, um, operations into, uh, Africa and the Middle East and, and some other uh, geographies. So Ross, let me ask you this question just to kind of get the elephant out of the room, so to speak. You know, a lot of people are talking now about the wall and Trump and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And certainly he's not the only president that's talked about immigration. I mean, this has been talked about sure. for a long time. You know, in fact, I watched a clip of uh, Clinton back in, I think it was 95, talking about you know, refugees coming into the country and we need to vet them better and, you know, ban, you mm -hmm. know, the wrong, et cetera. What are your thoughts as far as the interactions in, in just, and this is just a general side note, and then we'll jump back into your specifics, but just from your expertise and in, in security around the world and all that you guys have done through classified, what are you seeing and how, what kind of an impact, I guess, let me say that, that this kind of conversation is going to have with Trump and the wall and all these different things, immigration, specifically with America and the rest of the world? Sure. It's a great question because working in Latin America and, and Mexico being one of our, our largest markets, there's a lot of concern in Mexico for a number of reasons. First of all, there's a lot of corporations, U.S.-based corporations that have a lot of cross-border operations, right? So so maybe their staff lives on some of the border towns and they cross in every day or every week to, to factories or different um, industrial locations. And that's going to get probably more, more difficult on, on, on that end. Mm -hmm. There also are concerns of, of employees being in some of these other cities in Mexico if the wall's built and, and the climate of these different cities become more difficult for these employees to operate in because of animosity, because of a different political environment, um, different optics on the ground. So that's another concern for these companies. These mm -hmm. companies are, are concerned that their employees are going to be larger targets. To some degree, we will always have American companies working in Latin America. Right. You know, even if, you know, you start to see carrier and some other, you know, places, you know, mm -hmm. pulling their factories out. Mm -hmm. Um, there's already a huge amount of operations going on there already, right? And they're already embedded and they're already based there. So, so maybe there'll be some new, you know, any, any new growth might, might take place in the U S but you know, to be honest, there's so much going on in Latin America right now. Mm -hmm. So, so it's really one of those things where you can see the wall maybe creating a risk for employees in the country or traveling employees to those countries where, you know, if they have an American passport, you know, now they're more of a target. And, and that's something that's, that's a real concern. Corporations have what we call a duty of care obligation. Mm. Um, that means they have to take care of their traveling employees and provide them with the, the proper resources to stay safe, to stay healthy overseas. That's going to have to be stepped up. And that becomes a lot more expensive to these companies to obviously and able to be able to enact that, you know, because there's a lot more people traveling today than there ever used to be. There's, there's a lot of people that travel in a lot of different ways. Um, you know, we've protected CEOs flying into Central and South America on their, their jets to go hiking and surfing and all sorts of things to, to people going to Cuba for sightseeing, to, you know, corporations having to go to 
East Africa or Sudan or the Middle East or wherever it may be, you know, and the, and the risks are more real there everywhere now than, mm-hmm. than they've ever mm-hmm. been before. You know, high net worth individuals, corporations, family offices, kids that study abroad now, yeah. you know, that go to Paris and Italy and these types of places. There's a real threat and this world has changed for the worse. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and we talk to we talk to high net worth people all the time that would never consider working with a security firm, an intelligence firm prior to their travels or while they travel because, you know, their response was, well, we only go to Western Europe. We only go to Paris and, and South of France and maybe a couple other spots. But, you know, those places are where we're seeing some of these mass casualty incidents. One of the things we do as well is on the training side. So we have a, uh, a training facility about an hour uh, outside of Palm Beach um, and about an hour outside of Fort Lauderdale. We do what we call tactical travel training. So our firm, you know, is a... Uh, you know, intelligence centric group. So what we did was we brought in some of our colleagues that are um, veterans of the the CIA, high ranking veterans that were with the Directorate of Operations. So these guys were field guys. These guys worked overseas for for decades and decades. Some of the most talented people I've I've ever worked with in my life. They teach this course on how to a travel under the radar, which which in itself is a skill. And that will eliminate the day-to-day inherent risks of traveling overseas. The other parts of, of the course we train are the active shooter, the fight, flight, or hide, different strategies. We do counter surveillance. Um, we, we do a whole whole set of things that uh, are tailored to your individual needs. Um, so whether you're a, a family or a corporation or a group of friends that go fishing somewhere, we can tailor all those things to meet your your needs, whether they're geographic or you know travel profile or whatever whatever they may be. So the realities of, of this type of world we live in now are not very well portrayed when you just have someone come into a conference room and talk to you about do's and don'ts yeah. of, of travel safety. So we do really interesting things, things that nobody else does to really put you in a mindset where you can react in a way that will save your life. You know, before we always used to believe that terror was somewhere else. And now, you know, we got we got the church in Charlotte. We got issues with schools. We have things with uh, airports. I mean, there's stuff all over the world. So if somebody's listening out there, Ross, and they're saying, you know what, I want to be in a place where I'd like to participate and finding out a little bit more information about this tactical training, maybe for myself, my family, uh, maybe a corporate event for, you know, executives at a company, et cetera. What are some of the steps that they need to do? What are some steps that they should go through to say, okay, what's the right training for me, number one? And number two, how do they participate in taking advantage of that? Sure. So, you know, I think there's a couple core things. And, and again, you know, all, all of our, our courses are, are bespoke and, and tailored to the, to the needs. But let's take what happened in Fort Lauderdale, for instance. A lot of people saw that and and kind of thought, wow, this is close to home. But it's happened in Europe. It's happened in other places. And one of the things, and one of the things that makes us different is we'll, we'll, we'll tackle the realities, right? So, so we will put you in a situation where you are hearing gunshots, you're hearing AK fire in close proximity. You understand what it smells like, what it feels like, what it sounds like, so that when that happens in the vicinity of, of, a, of a cafe in Paris or an airport in Florida, you can react in the right way and you can have those one or two seconds that will save your life because there's a difference between being told what to do and actually being in that scenario so that when it happens, 
it's muscle memory. You react, you, mm-hmm. you do the right thing. And those are the things that, that we, we, we teach and, and then go far beyond the do's and don'ts. Again, if you're in a, in a situation in a, in a cafe or a restaurant or a nightclub, that's a shooter situation or, or a hostage taking situation, you know, what are the things you need to know, right? Are the people that are, are taking the hostages, are they making any effort to conceal their faces? If so, that might be an indication that you're going to be released. Mm. If they're not, that might be an indication that it's a suicide mission and and you should fight or run because it's going to end bad. Mm-hmm. Um, so all these little things that that we've pulled from decades of experience, decades of training, you know, living the realities of of this world, we teach. What are some real practical things? When these kids are traveling or maybe they're in college and they're going to clubs and, you know, the kids and, you know, they're, they're kind of in environments that they're, they're, it's outside of their dorm room. It's outside of their control. What sure. can they do uh, to kind of protect themselves? Well, you know, we had mentioned and, um, and Beth Holloway is a, a very dear friend of mine and a former colleague. And I've, I've worked with her for a number of years and it's obviously just terrible what, what happened to her daughter, Natalie. And we, we pray for her every day, but, um, this is not an uncommon story, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. It is something that happens a lot. It's something that I've been involved in a lot. I've seen it in Europe. I've seen it um, in, in the Caribbean. You know, specifically kids, high school kids, college kids, they're vulnerable to these things because they're they're put in new situations. And not just a foreign country, a new city, but uh, new customs, new people, new laws, drinking laws, for instance. Mm-hmm. Um, they're put in a situation that they're not familiar with. Um, and it's, it's you know, uh, it's new and it's intoxicating and, you know, guards go down, especially when you're in a new environment, but you're still with kind of a, a group of American kids or kids you went to college with or school with. You know, immediately the environment feels familiar because of some of the people you're around. But you're actually in a, in a very different environment and you put your guard down because um, you feel safe with your friends. But, um, you know, that's that's really not not it's an case. element of so- false safety. Right? right. It is. And that's where you see a lot of this this trouble happen. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I've talked to a lot of a lot of women, you know, girls, women that, um, you know, are, are not only college age, but you know in their 30s, you know, about about some of the training things we do and some of the things we do um, in general as a company. You know, and one of their big things was, you know how do I protect myself from being, you know, drugged, mm. you know, mm-hmm. um, and, and ultimately, you know, the, uh, the thought is that, you know, after that, there's some, some type of assault that goes on, mm-hmm. you know, and that's what they're really concerned about spring break to just traveling in Europe to, to even here locally. Yeah. Um, you know, that's, that's a concern. And, and, you know, again, you know, going beyond the do's and don'ts and actually, you know, showing you and implementing some practical ways and practical knowledge, how to avoid that type of thing. You know, for instance, you know, a common, a common strategy in, in Europe and in the Caribbean, you know, guy or girl, you know, starts buying you drink or, you know, the bartender starts buying you drinks. Usually they'll push kind of a last one on you mm. um, after you've already had a couple. And it's usually that last drink that has, you know, whatever drug in it. So, you know, that's one of the things we teach is that, you know, and, and we hear from a lot of people that, you know, that's exactly how it happened to me. Yeah. Um, you know, I had a couple of drinks. I, you know, I felt comfortable. I felt, you know, relaxed. And then kind of that, you know, the closing time or, you know, as it got later, they, they pushed that one final drink. No, no, one, one, one more, one more, one more, one more. Um, and that's the one that's the kind of the kiss of death. So, yeah. you know, there's a lot of things that, that, you know, should be taught to our, our daughters, yeah. um, our sons, you know, yeah. that are our, our young adults that, that go overseas that really are, are, are things that are taught to intelligence officers. And, and these things can be parlayed and used 
to uh, again that concept of traveling undercover, um, where you can you can really kind of you know mitigate some of these risks that are they're just inherent in traveling. Are there a few practical tips that people can apply or take without giving everything away? Uh, here, Ross, that people can actually apply to their lives to say, you know what, as I travel, these are a couple of smart tips that I want to apply to make sure that I'm not making myself a, you know, unnecessary target. Sure. So we have to kind of use the mentality that, that most crime are crimes of opportunity. They're motivated on low hanging fruit. And this is what you see in, in Europe with the pit pocketing and some of the scams that go on. It also is true with, you know, express kidnappings in the Caribbean and in, in Latin America. Criminals want an easy payday. Mm-hmm. Um, they're lazy. That's why they're criminals. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> it, it's true, right? Yeah. So so they like to to hang around places where a the tourists go, mm-hmm. right? And there's tourist districts and zones in in every city around the world. So they hang around those places, and again, they look for easy targets. Mm-hmm. They look for people that don't speak the language. They look for people that are kind of way too relaxed or, or, you know, kind of just in the, you know, the, the mood, the moment, and they're, they're friendly and they want to absorb the culture. And, you know, one of the, you know, the scams is that, you know, someone puts a bracelet on your wrist and, and then you can't get it off and you got to pay for it. Mm. And it's not, you know, five bucks, it's a hundred bucks. So, so things like that, that, you know, can, can cause you some headaches and, and, Mm -hmm. and, uh, can single you out for, for a pickpocket or a crime. So, you know, we have to kind of break it down and, and look at how we actually are, you know, exposing ourselves, right? So, you know, obviously the, the do's and don'ts, you know, are, are simple, you know, with the don't wear, you know, American clothing brands on your, you know, that say, you know, Abercrombie or that right. say Columbia <laughs> or say North Face or, you know, all that kind of stuff is just a dead giveaway mm-hmm. um, that, that you're not from around there. Obviously, one of the other things is, and, and, and criminals, you know, however lazy or opportunistic they may be, in many cases, they're, they're still professionals yeah, and they do know what to look out for. Yeah. Um, so if you're sitting in Paris in one of the many cafes and in one of the many tourist zones, um, a lot of these places cater to tourists. Obviously there's some other, you know, more local people there, but they cater to tourists. So you can either avoid the place altogether or, you know, a lot of these places have, you know, English menus, right? They have two menus, mm. one in French or whatever, one in mm-hmm. Italian and one in English. So you're sitting at that cafe with your, your spouse or your, your family or whatever it may be and you're all, you all have the English menus out and criminals are looking for that. I mean, they can spot them and they know the difference and, and they're, they're hanging around looking for that. So, so. so, so what do you do there? I mean, cause obviously you're there in Paris, you don't, maybe you don't speak French and you're in a place where you got to order, right? Right. And you got the English menu. I mean, is there some tact where you, sure. you know, what's, what's some thoughts there for sure. folks? Easy thing is you get both. You get both mm. the French menu and the uh, the English one, and, and you you take a quick look at the English one, but you you, you cover it with the French one mm-hmm. and you keep them, you know, so it's it's not as visible, you know. So again, there are little things like that that we can help mitigate some of the risk or some of our exposure mm-hmm. to those types of, of criminal elements. Yeah, you know, reading you know American newspapers or reading American guidebooks in public. So it's okay okay to do it, but just understand your surroundings. Sure. Right. Sure. Well, what we say to to a lot of clients that, that fly into Latin America, right? A lot of people come out of a you know immigration's customs area and they're looking for their car service or their mm-hmm. hotel service, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and they got the sign, whatever it is, and sometimes they don't see them, so they're kind of sitting around the departure area or sorry, the arrival area, just kind of looking like a deer in the headlights, looking at the signs, looking for you know whatnot, um, you know, maybe getting on their phone, you know, and there are people that hang around airports looking for people like that. Yeah, and if you if you kind of act that way. 
you're going to expose yourself to these these elements. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we tell people, you know, if you don't see the sign immediately, you know, just keep walking, act like, you know, exactly where you're going, walk into a restaurant, a bar, you know, sit down at the bar, order a drink or whatever, and then get on your cell phone and try to find the guy mm-hmm. and have him meet you at the restaurant or whatever it may be. But sitting around and exposing yourself in those types of situations um, makes it easier to, to pick you out of a crowd. Yeah. Um, and in Latin America, in some countries, you know, it's not, you know, you're not going to get pickpocketed. You're going to get kidnapped. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of my stories is um, I, I flew into Port Au Prince a couple of years ago. Um, and, and that's a, and that, that was when the kidnapping rate was super high. Mm. And I flew in and um, I had a car from the hotel that was going to come pick me up. Of course, the guy wasn't there, and it's really chaotic in, in Port Au Prince. I don't know if anybody's um, listening has, has been there, but it's um, not not the the nicest neighborhood. Right. Everybody and, wants to get you something or right. take you somewhere. And, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, yeah. so I didn't see the guy, um, and and you know, obviously, it's it's you know, I got to get out of the airport as soon as possible because the longer you stay at the airport, mm. the 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 more you make yourself a target. Mm-hmm. So I found um, you know a woman that was waiting for someone else as well, um, and she appeared to be uh, you know an American woman. She had a lanyard on and worked for one of the NGO organizations. And I kind of just went up to her like I was meeting her. And I asked her, hey, listen, you know, do you know any good taxi service or any any good driver here that can just take me up the road to the hotel? And she, of course, was, oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and she hooked me up and I got in the car. And, and uh, you know, I, I, I knew I did the best I could of, of kind of getting out of the airport. But I wasn't quite sure when I got in the car and started heading out of the airport until he turned on the radio and he had the uh, the Christian radio station on. So I knew I was going to be okay. <laughs> you're going you're to be all right. <laughs> Well, Ross, as always, we appreciate your insight and thoughts and appreciate you joining us today. And if you want to learn more about Ross, obviously you can reach out to us or connect with him directly with the information that was shared previous. And listen, it's all about traveling safely, paying attention along the way. And whatever you do in life, whether it's growing a business, growing a family, uh, growing your marriage, traveling, growing your investments, whatever it may be, it takes attention and it takes focus and it takes thought and it takes planning in advance. That's the whole idea of really having a successful life. So as always, make sure you take those steps in every part of your life to prepare in such a way that you can end up safely, well, and where you wanted to go and not down a path of where you didn't want to go. And as always, we want to share the thought and idea that go out there today Let's change the world. Let's make the world a little safer place. And let's add some value to someone that can do nothing in return for you. And by that, we will be living on purpose so we can live with purpose. And together, all be in that process of what Dennis Waitley says, and that is planting shade trees under which we will never sit. Thanks for joining us on this journey of changing the world. And I'll talk to you next show.